0: It's Wednesday, October 4th, 2023, the 987th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at imyourmoderator.substack.com. Today, we are going to spend most of our time talking about how Kevin McCarthy is no longer Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, the first time in history a motion to vacate has been brought and has been successful and has caused the Speaker of the House to vacate and leave that gavel behind, to leave behind the Speaker's status as third in the line of succession for the American presidency. It's quite a lofty position, and Kevin McCarthy was just summarily fired. Now, the U.S. House of Representatives is also called the People's House, and in some way, it's meant to be the place where the people's voice can be fully expressed. Each one of those representatives is meant to be a tribune of the people in their congressional district and to represent the will and desires of the people to the federal government. And instead, what it has become is a collection of people who represent the voice of the federal government, the uniparty establishment, the evil twin faction of America serving on behalf of the global regime to represent that voice to the American people. The American people's voice has been made irrelevant. The American people's voice has been silenced. And that is not the only voice they have tried to silence. Of course, they are silencing Donald Trump's voice as well. So before we get into the actual speaker part, let's talk for a minute about Donald Trump's voice. My good friend and business associate, John Harold, a.k.a. Patel Patriot, last night made the point very poetically. That Trump was issued a gag order and now the country has no speaker. Oh, it's true on so many levels. And it also tugs at your heartstrings a bit, does it not? So Trump yesterday, this is Politico, by the way, judge in fraud trial imposes gag order after Trump attacks judges aid. So we discussed that. Allison Greenfield, who Donald Trump called Chuck Schumer's girlfriend. Alison Greenfield, the court clerk, had posted a picture on her Instagram of her with Chuck Schumer so that the world could know she was an important person. The sort of person who not only rubs elbows with, but has real human relationships with the wealthy, the powerful, the politically well-connected, the elites of our culture making her almost an elite herself next to an elite, elite adjacent, at least a couple rungs down on the ladder, the social hierarchy within the party of false decorum, but very, very important. Nonetheless, she knows how important and honorable a man Chuck Schumer is and wants to let the world know that she is associated with Chuck Schumer. So she may not be his girlfriend. Trump might Swung and missed on that one. But that was the little spoonful of sugar. That was the little delivery mechanism that made this picture go viral. Trump calls this woman Schumer's girlfriend and the mainstream media devolves into a tizzy to let everyone know that this is not, in fact, Chuck Schumer's girlfriend, while showing everyone that the court clerk in the Trump trial really has a lot of respect and admiration for Chuck Schumer. So Trump's mission is accomplished with that post. People see just another aspect of how the legal system that is going after Donald Trump right now to prevent him from becoming president again is, in fact, a two tiered system of justice. And the deck is, in fact, stacked against him. This is in fact a witch hunt and people are seeing more of it every day. The Allison Greenfield picture continues to prove that. And it's what has them so upset. The judge overseeing Donald Trump's civil fraud trial issued a gag order Tuesday, barring Trump from making comments about court staff after the former president posted a social media attack on the judge's principal law clerk that included her photo. This morning, one of the defendants posted to his social media account a disparaging, untrue and personally identifying post about a member of my staff, said Justice Arthur Engeron, addressing Trump as he sat in the courtroom about 15 feet from the clerk, Alison Greenfield. Personal attacks on members of my court staff are unacceptable, inappropriate, and I will not tolerate them in any circumstances. Engeron continued. The judge said he had warned Trump Monday off the record about making such comments, but that Trump had ignored him. After Trump posted the material online Tuesday, Angeron ordered him to delete the post, and it quickly disappeared from Trump's social media site, Truth Social. Consider this statement a gag order, forbidding all parties from posting, emailing, or speaking publicly about any of my staff, Angeron said. Failure to abide by this order will result in serious sanctions. So a gag order to everyone, you are no longer allowed to talk about the staff or you could face serious sanctions. Can he talk about the judge? Who knows? There's only one way to find out. And if he does it, guess what's going to happen? Ah, pretty much nothing. Will they sanction him? Oh, maybe. And will it be oh so harsh? Ha, maybe. But in the long run, does it make any damn bit of difference? No, it's just a pylon to the rampant injustices we are now all witnessing. And that's the point. Witness the injustice. Know that we need and then demand better from those holding positions of public trust. Until we all decide to do that, no progress will happen. This moves at the pace of the awakening. This is something I've been saying for years If you are frustrated and you want all of this to happen faster, convince people of the truth and get them on board, bring them on board, get them to contribute to this project in waking other people up. You wake a few people up. They wake a few people up. If everyone's doing that, the process will conclude rapidly. But until that happens, it's dangerous to move forward Too fast because we don't want to see the country devolve into a civil war. We don't want violence in the streets. We don't want chaos. We don't want the breakdown of society. That's why we're doing it this way. Recognize the injustice and demand better. Simple examples work as well. Yesterday I posted on X, formerly Twitter, that everyone in California should be posting pictures of gas prices in other states. Hey, Californians, text your friends in other states and ask them to take a picture of the gas prices and then post them. So all Californians know it is like this in other states. California's gas prices are now more than double states like Texas and Tennessee and Mississippi and Alabama all in the low $3 range, less than three and a quarter. California is almost $7 in some places, twice as much per gallon. What do you think is creating that change? Market conditions, transportation issues? No, it's your government. And you know what makes it worse? None of them were legitimately elected. And every one of you knows that. Are people still afraid to use their voices in California? And if so, why does anyone expect other people to do it for them? The entire point here is that we are not subjects. We will not be ruled. This is government of, by, and for the people. We must decide and we must do. And if you are unwilling to participate in that process or encourage that process or support that process in some way, as small as using your own voice to express your own opinion from your own view and tell the people you care about what you believe, then you are refusing to move forward into the world you expect to see. You want an authority to give you that instead. That is to act as a subject. It doesn't matter if you have the right political opinions. If you still want to live as a subject, it'll always go right back to the same situation, which is the situation we're dealing with right now. But Donald Trump has had this mini version of, of a gag order put on him. He can't talk, text, or email about the court staff. He had to delete his truth social post and can't make any more social media posts about the court staff. Is that still censorship? Absolutely. Are they still putting a gag order on Donald Trump, the presidential candidate, making it impossible for him to defend himself in public against a corporate media we know to be spreading propaganda? With the benefit of widespread censorship by big tech? Yep, all of that is actually how it is, and that stuff should be pointed out too. But that doesn't mean we panic. We just simply understand the regime will go to whatever lengths necessary to snuff out and remove Donald Trump and MAGA from the picture in the United States of America. So that the global regime can once again re their grip on power and hold it forever through permanently fake elections supported by the same Uniparty. Now, why isn't the Uniparty right mad that the leading presidential candidate from their party is getting gag orders from a court while that man is only on trial because a corrupt attorney general who ran on prosecuting Trump has brought charges that cannot be proven to any rational, normal person who looks at any of the facts of the case. And to that end, as I discussed yesterday, basically 80% of the case, the claims in the case are already gone just based on statute of limitations, which Trump noted in his deposition back in April, though we're all expected to still pretend otherwise. Why aren't any of the establishment Republicans upset with that? Why aren't they upset that the leading presidential candidate of their party is being indicted over and over and over again by a corrupt and illegitimate regime? In fact, why aren't they upset about the illegitimate regime in the first place? And we will discuss all of that at much greater length. Today, as we go on. But let's conclude with the Donald Trump trial stuff from this morning. Donald Trump posted on Truth Social just arrived at the witch hunt trial taking place in a very badly failing, so sadly, state of New York, where people and companies are fleeing by the thousands. Corrupt Attorney General Letitia James is a big reason for this. Statute 6312 is is meant to be used for consumer fraud. It has never been used before on a case such as this, especially since I did nothing wrong. I borrowed money, paid it back in full, and got sued years later with a trial right in the middle of my campaign. I am not even entitled under any circumstances to a jury. This witch hunt cannot be allowed to continue. It is election interference and the start of communism right here in America. And I would argue with Donald Trump and that post and say, Sorry, God Emperor of the United States, I must take issue with your claim. I believe that communism has been here in America much longer than you say. This is not, in fact, the start of communism. This is a symptom of communism that has been present for quite a long time. And I know you know this because you're so good at helping expose and remove it. So thank you, God Emperor of the United States. But every now and then, I would just like to correct what you're saying just slightly. For those of us who don't need the PG version, we know about the Great Reset. We saw the COVID thing. We did the Summer of Love. We watched them steal elections. We've seen them censor. We understand the propaganda. We know about the slave trade. We know about the forced medical experimentation. We know about the false flag, Reichstag fire, very violent insurrection. We know about the Nazis in Ukraine. Come on now. We know about all of it. Just lay it on us. We can take it. We are grown adults. Communism's here. It's queer and it's not going to be around for very long. Here is President Donald Trump greeting the press on his way into court this morning.
2: 6312, which is a consumer fraud statute, which may be unconstitutional, doesn't allow me a jury, doesn't allow me anything. We have a prosecutor, Leticia James, who's incompetent, and what she's doing to our state, forcing companies out by the thousands, forcing people out, forcing companies out by the thousands, while crime, and violent crime in particular, runs rampant. So... This witch hunt does not allow me a jury. A lot of people say, oh, that can't be possible. Somebody didn't check a box. It has nothing to do with it. Under 6312, you are not entitled to a jury. It's the first time it's ever been used for a purpose like this. It's never been used. They used it on me, the former president, the leading candidate. I'm leading Joe Biden by a lot, which is probably why this is all happening. Not probably, but it's definitely. They're coordinating with Washington, 100%. But without that, none of these cases would be going on. They've weaponized justice in our country. This trial is a disgrace. Never happened, a thing like this has never happened before. And just simply, I put in financial statements with a disclaimer. In other words, don't even bother reading them to the banks. I borrowed money on very under leverage. Borrowed money on a building or something, many different things. I borrowed the money, I paid back the money in full, 100%. There were no defaults, there were no letters of reprimand, the banks were extremely happy, and in many cases, I paid the money back earlier. And then I got sued years later by. This horrible attorney general, this woman that ran for governor and failed. You know, she did this because she was running for governor. And then she ran and she failed. She had no balls, and they forced her out. And she came back and she became attorney general again. Uh, and we got stuck with her. So she brought the case under the statute that had never been used for a thing like this before, ever. We're not entitled to a jury. Because if I had a jury, even though it's in New York, and I think I do fine with New York, but if I had a jury, we'd win this case very easily. But I don't have a jury, and you see what's happening. This is a railroading, and it's the beginning of communism in our country. This is the beginning of communism. So we're going back in, playing the game, we're doing everything right. But just so you remember, I borrowed money. The statements were perfect. Not only perfect, the statements are much more conservative than my real net worth. My real net worth is much higher, not lower, much higher than the statements. So I put the statements in, they don't use the statements because it has a disclaimer clause. They do their own work. The clause tells them do your own due diligence, do your own work. And that's where we are. And I got sued. And I hear I, I may be guilty of lot, for no reason, they may give a lot of money for something where there was nothing wrong. This is a witch hunt. This is just a continuation of the witch hunt that started the day I came down the escalator and Trump Tower. And it's a shame for our country. You borrow money, you pay it back. The bank loves us. They said, "What did he do wrong? He didn't do anything wrong. We loaned him money, a big bank. These are big banks, by the way. Represented by the biggest law firm's most prestigious The best law firms in the country, you borrow money, you pay it back and you get sued by a political animal. And that's where we are. And that's the way it goes. And that's why New York State is failing. And that's why companies are leaving by the thousands. I'll see you later.
0: So that is the end of his comments on the trial. And then he is asked by the press about whether or not he's considering being potentially the Speaker of the House, and we will get to those comments in a little bit. But there we have it. Despite the gag order, Trump is still going out there to set the narrative about this trial for the country. The media is unable to set the narrative for this trial. They have nothing good to talk about. They are stuck in the position of going out there trying to debunk things that Trump says. They spent yesterday debunking the only totally irrelevant aspect of Trump's post with Alison Greenfield and Chuck Schumer. They didn't try to suggest that Allison Greenfield wasn't politically aligned with Schumer, that there was no corruption involved. She is running for political office and intends to do so after this trial of Donald Trump that she works on. She wants to be elected as a judge. They didn't go after any of that stuff. They were concerned about whether or not She is Trump's girlfriend and then tried to label Trump and anyone making those claims as potentially putting a target on her back and as anti-Semitic. So they failed spectacularly. The gag order is clearly not enough to shut him up or change the course, the path of this narrative. Maybe they will go harder with that. Maybe they will show the country that they want to censor the president even more. So let's get into the speaker business. We haven't talked a whole lot about this. I didn't spend much time, if any, on the budget debate, the debt ceiling, the continuing resolution, all of that business. The Uniparty wants to spend a ton more money and they came to an agreement just at the last minute, avoiding the very scary government shutdown to make sure that they could still fund the government's very important work for another 45 days. Now, the thing about that, 45 day limit is that brings you right up to about when everyone goes home for Thanksgiving and then the holidays begin. And most Americans focus on Thanksgiving and kind of tune out from public life and tune out a little bit from work and stuff over the next three or four weeks Until Christmas, maybe until New Year's, and they focus on family, and they focus on holiday events, and they try to be grateful for those things they have, despite the fact that the country is falling apart before their eyes. And during that time... After everyone's gone home for Thanksgiving, after they're distracted, as they are focused on family and friends and Christmas celebrations and travel and spending money and shopping and whatever else takes up our totally commercialized Christmas season, while they're all paying attention to that stuff, the Congress creates what they call an omnibus bill. They package all of the spending that they must pass, the National Defense Authorization Act, etc into this one omnibus bill and set out new rules and laws by which they will govern our lives. They'll include all the various spending projects for whatever they want. They'll put it all in one package and that package gets a simple up or down vote. And why do they do this? So that each and every congressman who votes to pass it can say to their constituents, well, I really wanted to make sure that we had this one thing. And the only way to do that was to have everything else. You know, we need to fund the troops in Ukraine. Of course, in Ukraine, you know, we need to fix immigration without E-Verify or any of the things that would fix immigration. And they just keep going through the excuses, knowing that eventually the people are going to check out and just go along with it because the people expect no better. The people have adopted the idea until they wake up that they are, in fact, subjects and that the U.S. government exists to tell them how to live and how much money they owe so that the U.S. government can keep doing things that the people never signed up for. And everybody kind of knows it. That's why they steal elections. But the people are too cowed. They enjoy being subjects. They think that makes them safe and their lives ultimately better. They don't want to go through the chaos of having to figure out how to do things themselves. So we all just say, well, if we want something better, I guess we're just going to have to win more elections. And then they go right back to ignoring the fact that our elections are stolen and they don't care about the people's voice there either. So that's what we were staring at. That is what the Republican establishment negotiated and then approved with Democrats to continue. This is the New York Times from Saturday. How each member voted on the House stopgap spending measure. Yes, Democrats 209, Republicans 126. They write. With the help of House Democrats, Speaker Kevin McCarthy successfully pushed forward a measure on Saturday that would keep the government funded through mid-November. With 335 in favor, it crossed the two-thirds threshold required to pass and now goes to the Senate. See how each member of the House voted. A hundred and twenty-six Republicans signed up with Speaker Kevin McCarthy. And the first line here is with the help of Democrats. So just keep that in mind. 126 so-called conservative Republicans, which really only means people with little Rs next to their name. That little R does so much work. That's the thing that tells you these people are really looking out for your best interests. These people are conservative. These people represent constitutional American values. These people represent federalism. These people... Represent fiscal sanity. But no, they don't. Let's just stop that. No, they don't. We run multi trillion dollar deficits each year. The interest on the national debt will be a trillion dollars a year in the not so distant future. That's like over 4% of GDP, just interest on the national debt. Imagine staring that down. And then thinking, you know what? We should keep sending a hundred plus billion dollars to Ukraine to protect their very sovereign borders against the brutal Russian invasion. Absolute clown show. Just another myth created by the Uniparty to convince Americans to let them spend your money, but it's not even your money anymore. They just invent new money. That new money is all pinned to the backs of every American that is your labor, your full faith and credit, your indentured servitude to pay off that money that they have decided you owe. The money must be spent and you are the one who is going to work so that that money can be spent. Who's it going to go to? The people who hate you the very, very most. Who thinks we should do that? All Democrats and over half of Republicans. But this is just a stopgap, they say. This is just going to keep the government open while we negotiate the real deal. But no, they all know that this will just end up in an omnibus subject to an up or down vote. It'll be an up vote and we will just continue profligate spending as our people are further debased, having their lives committed to working for what this illegitimate government is committing us to. Now, we have gone through many reruns at this point on the debt ceiling. We've gone through many reruns of government shutdown narratives. We've been told how scary it is. No one really cares. Unless you're in a position of great power and great wealth that you have come by through the grace of the uniparty regime. And in that case, of course, you need the system to continue but the vast majority of the country is just done with it. People see what's going on and anyone who is in tune, anyone who is listening to their constituents or paying attention to the real world and not just the mainstream media bubble that just feeds back on itself constantly. You got to assume maybe these people actually believe all this bullshit. They see it on TV, then they go on TV and repeat the things they saw on TV and the cycle never ends. If you can't turn off the TV, if you think the TV is telling you what's really happening in the world, then you would believe it too. So maybe we give them the benefit of the doubt and say, yes, sure, they really do believe it. But chances are they don't believe it. They're looking out for their own best interests, the interests of the people who give them more power. They themselves are subjects. They believe in the regime. They believe that there is no other option than that regime. So if they are playing that game, no matter what, they might as well look out for number one. And that's what they're doing. And they will provide themselves and everyone else endless justifications for why what they're doing is right. But they know and the people know the people see it and what's happening in the world right now should be undeniable it has been progressing for quite a long time in one particular direction and not any other directions unless you believe the television the television has spent all of this time trying to convince everyone throughout the world that what's obviously happening is in fact not happening and that it's the opposite of that and all of the people who've gone along with that have ended up in the same place Wrong about absolutely everything that matters. All the things I just listed before. And just within the last three and a half years, you can name COVID, masks, lockdowns, vaccines, BLM Antifa, the mail-in ballots and all the changes of election rules, the stolen election, the very violent insurrection, the Afghanistan withdrawal, Ukraine, and on and on and on, all the way up to these Trump indictments that they do not seem to care about at all. In fact, they're happy that the regime is indicting Trump. They hope Trump is imprisoned or that at least the people believe Trump can't be president because of these indictments, because then that gets rid of Trump and that gets rid of the problem that election fraud is actually quite real. And the fact that it's real, if it is ever fully accepted within the mainstream media sphere within that bubble. Their reputations and careers are over. This is existential for all of them. Everyone needs to understand where these people are coming from. They have been wrong about everything that matters. These people said everyone should just go along with it and wear the masks. They've been wrong about everything. That is not reality. I know it's how we used to perceive reality. We would find out about the outside world because the mainstream media would tell us and we would believe it and everybody else believed it. So we thought everybody understood. Yup. That stuff's correct. Turns out that was not a very good metric and we all got led down the wrong path for a very long time. It's okay to admit it. It's happened to almost all of us, but at some point you got to accept it. They have created an entirely false reality that demands your belief only on faith, the faith that they could not possibly be lying this extravagantly about everything, and this many people would accept and believe the lies, but you can see it for yourself. In fact, if you believe all that stuff, you think that same phenomenon is happening on our side. They really do think that we live in a false reality and we are crazy, except we're not the ones who wore a mask in our car. We're not the ones who injected ourselves with a toxic experimental substance that can't protect us from a disease that can't kill us because the television told us we would get in trouble if we didn't. We're not the ones pretending that Joe Biden received 81 million real lawful American votes. So it's not us in the false reality. These people are insane and maybe they don't know it. Maybe they don't know it. Maybe we should give them the benefit of the doubt on that. But regardless, what's coming out is insanity, and it should be disregarded all the time. 126 Republicans voted with the Democrats to pass that stopgap spending measure. Oh, it's not a real thing. It's just a stopgap. We're going to figure out the real thing, and we're going to keep all our promises to the people who uh, elected us. And if we don't, what are you going to do? Are you going to go vote with those Democrats who we just voted with? Ha ha, you rubes. You're not going to do that. You're still going to vote for us because the truth is we don't have to do any of the things we tell you we're going to do. We will go vote with the Democrats in direct opposition to your expressed interest as your representatives, and you're not going to do a goddamn thing about it. That is what they tell the American people every day. Why? Because they think they're your betters. They are subjects. They believe you are subjects as well. Although lesser subjects than them, regardless, there is a system of ruling in this country. Those people, those people so much better than us get to rule us, which means they get to decide how our lives should be lived. And because these people in particular have ascended to the powerful positions that allow them to rule us. They are better than us. And it is their responsibility to decide what is best for us, not to listen to us and implement that, but to implement what the global regime asks and then sell it to us as though it's in our best interest. That is these people's jobs. That is how they do their jobs. Now, a great many Americans have had enough of this and they're not All MAGA conservatives. They're not all Republicans. Anyone with a distaste for war and corruption can see what's going on here. We don't have to be seeking Democratic allies as Kevin McCarthy and 125 other Republicans just did over the weekend to commit to spending trillions more dollars to be valued in your indentured servitude. We don't need to want the help of these Democrats. We don't have any reason to ever accept their framing on any issue or their position or to compromise with that position on any issue. And we can still understand that there may be people of goodwill and good faith on that side in quotes, who may still be capable of waking up. And when that is the case, they will be welcomed. When that is not the case, they are irrelevant But we certainly don't make our decisions based on what we perceive Democrats might think or how they might vote. And we're definitely not going to do it because we're worried about the dumbest people on earth who are wrong about everything, but happen to have little R's next to their name telling us that we don't have the right priorities after they went along with all of it calling us conspiracy theorists the entire time until eventually accepting our positions and saying that we were still wrong for believing what we did at the time. And we're still wrong now because we believe all these things for the wrong reasons. And now we have all these other crazy new beliefs that they will eventually accept later. Now, back in January, when the speaker election was happening, when all of those negotiations for the votes of Republican members in order to elect Kevin McCarthy speaker in the 15th round, when all of that was going on, a series of deals were made. And one of them was that a single member could bring a motion to vacate and that the motion to vacate would then receive a vote. And perhaps the conservative establishment did not think that anyone would actually bring a motion to vacate or that they couldn't get it to work, that maybe they could shame people into silence and into complicity. Maybe they could just ride it out. But that changed this week due to Matt Gates. Before we get into the details of that and hear what Gates has to say, this is CBS news from October 2nd. That would be Monday. Did house speaker Kevin McCarthy make a secret deal with Biden on Ukraine? House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and President Biden are facing a barrage of questions about whether they made a secret side deal on Ukraine funding after McCarthy headed off a government shutdown by dropping the funding from a last minute short term spending bill over the weekend. The measure passed the House with the support of all the Democrats except one and lost the votes of 90 Republicans. Matt Gaetz, Republican of Florida, who says he plans to file a motion to oust McCarthy as speaker within days, spoke on the House floor Monday demanding to know what was the secret side deal on Ukraine. He accused McCarthy of cutting a side deal to bring Ukraine legislation to the floor in a vote separate from the short-term spending bill. The president himself certainly fueled the idea when CBS News asked him on Sunday, Are you going to be able to trust Speaker McCarthy when the next deal comes around? We just made one about Ukraine, he replied. So we'll find out that is the fake president, Joe Biden, claiming to CBS News that he and McCarthy made a deal about Ukraine. That's not a wishy-washy statement. It's right there. Now, Joe Biden is enfeebled. He is weak minded. He is debilitated. He is demented. He was never that smart to begin with. He says a lot of incredibly stupid and wrong things, but he did say it. So we at least need to accept that it's possible. The removal of $6 billion in Ukraine funding from the temporary spending bill caused Senator Michael Bennett, Democrat of Colorado, to put a hold on the bill when it arrived at the Senate a few hours before a shutdown would take effect if the resolution were not passed. He dropped his hold after Senate leadership released a statement saying, in the coming weeks, we expect the Senate will work to ensure the U.S. government continues to provide critical and sustained security and economic support for Ukraine. When McCarthy was asked about the existence of a side deal on Monday at the Capitol, he told reporters there is no side deal going on. So McCarthy and Biden seem to be taking different positions on this. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre dodged several questions Monday from reporters seeking clarity on whether there's a deal with McCarthy to pass Ukraine funding soon. She pointed out there has been, quote, overwhelming support, end quote, for Ukraine in Congress and noted McCarthy has said he supports providing Ukraine with the weapons it needs. We expect him to keep his word on that, she said. But continuing support for Ukraine has divided House Republicans and last week, A supplemental Ukraine security bill had more GOP opposition than support, with 117 Republicans voting against it and 101 voting for it. After a White House event Monday afternoon, reporters shouted questions to the president about the existence of a Ukraine deal. Mr. Biden ignored them. So who do we believe about Ukraine funding? Joe Biden, who has pushed for Ukraine funding the entire time, or Kevin McCarthy, who has pushed for Ukraine funding the entire time. Now, I want to be clear. I don't have any personal animus toward Kevin McCarthy. I think it's very likely that Kevin McCarthy's career started out with as much corruption and compromise as most political careers start out. He was named one of the young guns with Paul Ryan and Eric Cantor. He is the last of them to be removed from the Republican political power structure. He is a massive fundraiser. And he seems to be leading a political career that is primarily committed to doing the work of the global regime. But is there a chance that's wrong? Of course there is. So this doesn't have to be personal about Kevin McCarthy. This is only about doing the work of the American people. If the people's house is not functioning for the benefit of the people, then the people have no voice. We already know that they're trying to silence the voice of the duly elected president and the voice of the people. And we know that they have already taken away the American people's voice by removing the legitimacy of the American people's vote. We can't just simply allow that to continue. And so Matt Gates said this on the floor Monday. This is a few minutes long, and I'm going to play a few video clips today because... I think it's important to understand the terms of the public debate and how it was conducted. So here's Matt Gates from Monday.
3: I rise to raise a question. What was the secret side deal on Ukraine? House Democrats and President Biden have said that as Speaker McCarthy was asking Republicans to vote for a continuing resolution so as to avoid having to take the Senate's plus up in Ukraine money, that the Speaker of the House was actually cutting a side deal to bring Ukraine legislation to this floor with President Biden and House Democrats. So let me get this straight. To extend Joe Biden's spending and Joe Biden's policy priorities, the Speaker of the House gave away to Joe Biden the money for Ukraine that Joe Biden wanted. It is going to be difficult for my Republican friends to keep calling President Biden feeble while he continues to take Speaker McCarthy's lunch money in every negotiation. The Speaker of the House has responded to these reports of a secret side deal on money for Ukraine, opaquely stating that he still wants to fund Ukraine and our border. I have a few replies to this statement. First, the Speaker's statement confirms the existence of a secret deal. And I have talked to members of our own leadership who have said they didn't even know that Speaker McCarthy was negotiating a secret side deal outside of our conference, outside of his own leadership team, for the sake of Ukraine. Second, Ukraine has lost the support of a majority of the majority. The last time there was a freestanding Ukraine vote on this floor, it was last week. 101 Republicans voted for it, 117 Republicans voted against it. According to the Hastert rule, which Speaker McCarthy agreed to in January, you cannot use Democrats to roll a majority of the majority, certainly on something as consequential as Ukraine. So for all the crocodile tears about what may happen later this week about a motion to vacate, Working with the Democrats is a yellow brick road that has been paved by Speaker McCarthy. Whether it was the debt limit deal, the CR, or now the secret deal on Ukraine. Third, this is swampy log rolling. The American people deserve single subject bills. I get that a lot of folks might disagree with my perspectives on the border or on Ukraine, But can we at least agree that no matter how you feel about Ukraine or the southern border, they each deserve the dignity of their own consideration and should not be rolled together where they might pass where each individually wouldn't? This is what we're trying to get away from. This is the spirit of the January agreement we made with the Speaker. No more lashing these disparate issues together so that the American people's interests are subjugated here on the floor of the House. You know how we should stand up for our border? demand that the United States Senate take up our single-subject appropriation bill that funded the border. It created Republican unity. We voted for it. It has the policy demands that the continuing resolution that Speaker McCarthy advocated for on this floor did not. Our DHS funding bill requires E-Verify. And then, hours later, after we passed that, the Speaker wanted us to vote for a continuing resolution that didn't include E-Verify is never a strategy to win anything. So, Mr. Speaker, just tell us, just tell us, what was in the secret Ukraine side deal? What commitments were made to to President Biden to continue the spending of President Biden in exchange for doing things for President Biden? It is becoming increasingly clear who the Speaker of the House already works for. And it's not the Republican conference. Mr. Speaker, I would ask that these questions be answered soon because there may be other votes coming today or later this week that uh, could, could be implicated by the answers to these questions. Members of the Republican Party might vote differently on a motion to vacate if they heard what the Speaker had to share with us about his secret side deal with Joe Biden on Ukraine. I'll be listening. Stay tuned. And I yield back.
0: That's not a person who is immature or unserious. That's not a person who is looking to do the dirty work of Democrats at the expense of the Republican Party. That is a person who is arguing for the implementation of the will of the American people and arguing for the best interests of the American people. Making an America First case in the aftermath of 126 Republicans going out and voting with Democrats to keep spending trillions and trillions of dollars, hopefully, from their perspective, with no end. And of course, no answer was forthcoming. Now, Kevin McCarthy says that's because there was no side deal. But if that's true, the case certainly wasn't made very forcefully. It wasn't made by all of the people who back McCarthy. And none of them are really in a position to make it because they've all been supporting Ukraine funding and none of them can be trusted at all. What are we going to do? Take their word for it? What kind of Bush league nonsense would that be? The TV tells us, oh, there really wasn't a side deal. You got to believe us. Get old eyepatch McCain out there saying that. Maybe find some people to call Matt Gates and all of MAGA conspiracy theorists. And oh, that's what they're doing. They're also trying to dredge up totally false charges about Matt Gates and like sex trafficking. These are the claims that were brought over a year ago now. Totally false claims. Totally unsubstantiated claims. Matt Gates's name has been cleared by multiple different organizations. There's legitimately nothing there other than a regime takedown attempt, and they are still trying to smear him with that. That was the response, not an appeal to the people about how the people's business is being done. No, they're just claiming that they brought the most forceful immigration deal ever. Well, Matt Gaetz was having none of that. And later Monday, he brought the motion to vacate. From what for what
3: do the does the gentleman from Florida now seek recognition? Mr. Speaker, pursuant to Clause 2A1 of Rule 9, I rise to give notice of my intent to raise a question of the privileges of the House. The gentleman will state the form of his resolution. Declaring the office of Speaker of the House of Representatives to be vacant, resolved that the office of Speaker of the House of Representatives is hereby declared to be vacant.
0: So there it is. That's Monday. Matt Gates making use of an agreed upon rule, a condition that Kevin McCarthy agreed to as part of his ascent to the speakership. It has now been implemented for the first time since 1910. And just to take a moment on that, this is CNN from Sunday. Challenge to McCarthy's speakership would be first in over a hundred years. The article notes that The last time the House took the floor for a vote challenging a Speaker of the House was on March 17th, 1910. In 1910, Representative George Norris of Nebraska introduced a resolution to remove Speaker Joe Cannon from his post as chairman of the House Rules Committee, also known as the Speaker's Committee, a critical committee for completing House business. Norris, who did not like the speaker, requested a seat on the House's Judiciary Committee, but Cannon, who also doled out committee assignments, dismissed Norris's request, telling him to get a reputation first. Norris kept a pocket resolution to vacate Cannon from his job from then on. When Norris finally filed his resolution, it set off a marathon, 29 hour debate on the House floor with admonishments hurled at fellow members who broke ranks either for or against removing Cannon from the committee, essentially kneecapping his power as speaker more than a full day after debate started on the constitutionality of Norris's resolution and facing removal, Cannon forced the issue and he himself moved that the chair be vacant. The measure failed and Cannon held on to his speakership since a Republican majority would not vote for a Democratic speaker replacing him. But the House did overturn Cannon's ruling, rejecting Norris's initial motion to remove Cannon as rules chair and curtailing his abilities as speaker. So ultimately, Cannon brought the motion to vacate upon himself and the speaker's chair was not vacated. Cannon retained his position. That happened to quell a rebellion. Now, before the vote yesterday, there was debate on the House floor and the conservative establishment and mainstream media all shared the speech of a man named Garrett Graves, who was one of the new rising stars of the Republican establishment. Oh, he thought he was going to take down Matt Gates. By proving to the country that Matt Gates was just doing all of this for show. Matt Gates is just corrupt. He's not a real conservative. He's just trying to bilk all those MAGA donors for their small dollar donations, just like Donald Trump, the billionaire is. Remember how they've told us Donald Trump is just trying to get everybody's donations to pay for his legal fees. The billionaire is subjecting himself to potentially the loss of his life and liberty. In order to get five and ten and twenty dollars from normal American citizens and not just go on living as a billionaire. And by the way, for that matter, there were reports this week about how Donald Trump was offered by Sam Bankman freed five billion dollars not to run for president. And of course, after that came out, then the media had to correct that story and say, no, it was Donald Trump who offered not to run for $5 billion. Sure. That was how that went. Donald Trump said, hey, guys, uh, I'm not going to run if you give me $5 billion, not a cent less. I'm going to want $5 billion. I'm setting the terms of this. If you give me $5 billion, I will not run. And they didn't accept his offer. That's what we're supposed to believe. Sam Bankman free didn't accept that offer that Donald Trump made. Donald Trump wanted that the guy who we're told is the most hated politician in the world, even though they're trying to indict him, even though they have to censor everyone who supports him and him and propagandize everyone, the guy who did the terrible job as president and got beat by the most votes ever by this enfeebled dementia patient pervert who was mentored by a Klansman, that guy who is so, so weak. We're getting told there are offers out there like that for this guy. And the correction is, of course, he was just seeking one of those offers. That's how much he thinks him dropping out of the presidential race is worth if they're just going to easily beat him, why would it be worth anything? I thought this was what they wanted. This is what all the Ron people have been telling us. The regime wants Trump to run because they know how easily they'll defeat him. Ha 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 These people are stupid. So Donald Trump is going to risk his life and liberty for small dollar donations. And Matt Gates is going to subject himself to all of this and then bring up a motion to vacate. To do the dirty work of Democrats in order to receive small dollar donations from the Republican base. Doesn't make any sense now, does it? Who would believe something so dumb? Well, there's an answer. Conservative establishment politicians, media and supporters. They will all believe something that retarded because they need something to explain the thing that specifically shows them for the zillionth time, it's them who are getting it wrong once again. Them who exist in the false reality. But hey, why not just listen for yourselves? Here is Garrett Graves, followed by the response from Matt Gates.
1: We've passed legislation to pull back to stop spending $4.8 trillion, then I want to make note, my friends that are carrying this motion to vacate, opposed. We've, We've passed legislation to streamline regulations permitting environmental laws for the first time in 40 years. Again, my friends here opposed. We strengthened work requirements for welfare to get people back into the workforce. Again, my friends over here opposed. I keep wondering, what is going on? Are we redefining what conservative is? What's going on in this country today? What's going on in this body? We have FreedomWorks, Heritage, Chip Roy, and Jim Jordan say something's conservative, and these folks say it's not, and they're right. And all of a sudden, my phone keeps sending text messages. Text messages saying, hey, give me money. Oh, look at that. Oh, look, give me money. I filed the motion to vacate using official actions, official actions to raise money. It's disgusting. It's what's disgusting about Washington. Mr. Speaker, we've watched as these folks right here that have brought up this motion to vacate have refused to pay our military service members, refused to pay them. I wanna quote my delegation member, my Senator from Louisiana, John Kennedy. If we're not gonna pay our service members, if, we're, if they're not going to be there to protect us, next time someone invades America, call a crackhead. Let me know how that works out. for
0: Give the, gentleman another 30
1: seconds. the gentleman is recognized for an additional 30 seconds. <laughs> Mr. Speaker, I've heard people talk about bad faith here. I've heard them make reference to this January agreement. My friends from Arizona, Virginia and Florida, let me be crystal clear. Not a single one of them were in the room. You know what? You know what? The speaker didn't didn't meet the targets of that January agreement. He exceeded them. The greatest savings in American history. The greatest savings in American history. <laughs> Mr. Speaker, this isn't about fundraising. This is about our country. It's about our children and our
0: grand. Oh, applause, applause. Such a bold and beautiful speech. All of the Ron supporters were spreading that speech. All of Con Inc Media spreading that speech without Matt Gaetz's response. Just that speech. Let's frame this debate as Matt Gates, the grifter. Working with Democrats to remove one of the most conservative House speakers we've ever had, the most savings of all time on this dead and dying fiat dollar as it implodes. Oh, but we have we have savings. We have savings. We're going to save you so much money. By shipping hundreds of billions more dollars to Ukraine. So we're not really trying to save you money. We're just going to save you money compared to what we really want to spend. It's like children running a lemonade stand saying that a cup of lemonade is a thousand dollars, but they're going to give it to you for ninety nine percent off. That cup of lemonade will only cost you ten dollars. Do you understand the kind of savings you're dealing with here? It's all a clown show. We are supposed to believe that what they are doing is conservative because Jim Jordan and Chip Roy say, it. well, nobody trusts Chip Roy anymore. And gotta be honest with you. Jim Jordan ain't looking great by these associations. These appeals from these people to Jim Jordan's conservatism. Thomas Massey is out there doing the same thing. I was a big fan of Thomas Massey, but it also just so happens that Thomas Massey on the X platform follows every single bot and shill and troll account in the Ron info up hundreds, maybe thousands of low follower X accounts who are completely devoted to going after MAGA supporters in the most anti-Trump way possible, supporting Ron DeSantis. Thomas Massey and Chip Roy both have announced that they support Ron DeSantis. To do that, they have to deny election fraud. Otherwise, it becomes obvious that they are complicit in the usurpation of the country. And it turns out that once again, our litmus test works perfectly. These people who have already redefined what it means to be conservative are now accusing others of redefining what it means to be conservative. None of them are keeping the promises made to the American people. Here is Matt Gates.
3: The gentleman from Florida. My colleague says we have passed the strongest border bills in history. Well, guess what? Look at the border right now. We didn't use sufficient leverage in the debt limit or in any other thing to actually get results on the border. The border is a disaster. Really something I don't think you're going to be campaigning on that you fix the border. Second, you said you streamlined regulations. What the gentleman from Louisiana doesn't tell you is that all of the regulatory reform he was just bragging about is waveable by the stroke of a pen of someone in the Biden White House. Do you really think you've got anything for that? It's a total joke. And then finally, the welfare to work that the gentleman from Louisiana said we got. The welfare programs that they said that they streamlined with their welfare to work stuff. They're actually going to grow because while they did work requirements, they blew out those programs with expanded eligibility. I'm real glad you guys didn't put work requirements on Medicaid. It probably would have resulted in Medicaid expansion. And when it comes to how those raise money, I take no lecture on asking patriotic Americans to weigh in and contribute to this fight from those who would grovel and bend knee for the lobbyists and special interests who own our leadership, who have, oh, boo all you want, who have hollowed out this town and have borrowed against the future of our future generations. I'll be happy to fund my political operation through the work of hardworking Americans $10 and $20 and $30 at a time, and you all keep showing up at the lobbyist fundraisers and see how that goes for you i
0: reserve which one of those two people is telling the truth well one of them receives massive applause from the congress from the uniparty they are applauding garrett graves accusing matt gates of trying to get rich off american political donations empower himself five and ten and twenty dollars at a time and those same people boo when Matt Gates calls out their corruption at the altar of the Uniparty and the corporate lobbyists and other lobbyists. What else do you need to know about the state of affairs? It is right there on display. And it's not like all the Con Inc. media outlets and the DeSantis simps didn't know Matt Gates responded that way when they all posted Garrett Graves' little speech without Gates's response. What's going on with these very loyal conservatives? It's like they're trying to pull the wool over everyone's eyes. Soon after, they took a vote, and that was that. On this vote, the yeas are 216.
1: The nays are 210. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. The office of Speaker of the House of the United States House of Representatives is hereby declared vacant.
0: And just like that, history is made. For the first time, the Speaker of the House has been removed. Fox News' congressional correspondent, Chad Pergram, did a marginally acceptable job of laying out what that means in a thread on Twitter. And you will see where this eventually shits the bed, but let's go through it. The Hitchhiker's Guide to Not Having a House Speaker. The House is on the edge of history, going for a protracted period of time without a speaker. It is impossible to overstate just how significant this problem could be. Well, no, it's definitely possible to overstate how significant this problem could be. Things are going to be just fine. The Speaker of the House is the quote-unquote constitutional officer of the legislative branch of government and is the first such figure listed in Article 1 of the Constitution. The House cannot truly function without a speaker, and the House can do no legislative work on the floor without a speaker. Yes, committees can continue to function. Some committees will be naturally distracted because there is no speaker. Some committees could grind to a halt because they don't want to pursue anything without a speaker in charge. Moreover, some lawmakers may question the wisdom of committees continuing their work if the House is stymied at electing a speaker. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer says impeachment will continue. Well, who cares? Impeachment really isn't happening in the first place. So what difference does that make? But some Republicans who are dubious of impeachment have privately wondered to Fox, well, that's not privately, about the wisdom of that when the Republican led house can't even hold on to its own speaker and must fund the government without relying on democratic votes. Oh no, we're not going to be able to do the impeachment that these Republicans weren't supporting in the first place. And we're not going to be able to fund the government. Oh God, what could be more horrifying? The house won't vote on speaker until Wednesday at the earliest. And this is Wednesday of next week. Republicans plan a candidate forum on Tuesday, October 10th. And remember, the House must continue to vote and vote and vote until it elects a speaker. The record is two months in 1855 through 1856. Fox is told that this operation may take a while, considering the fact that McCarthy's race in January took 15 rounds over five days. The House is even more divided now. So landing on a winning candidate by speaker may take a while. And I am reading through all of his misspellings and grammar mistakes and repetition. He clearly didn't read this multiple times. It's not that bright to begin with, but at least it's laying out the process. Thus, the speakership may be vacant for an extended period. What are the consequences of that? The government runs out of money in mid-November. The absolute doomsday death star scenario is to have the government shut down without a speaker. The House could not even vote to reopen the government because it doesn't have a speaker. There are also national security consequences here. The founders did not envision having the legislative branch of government without a speaker for an extended period of time. So they're not going to be able to spend more money after this 45 day thing runs out. If there's no speaker, they're not going to be able to extend it any further. If there's no speaker, absolute doomsday scenario to have a government shut down without a speaker. Gosh, what could be scarier? Are we all going to die? Oh no, we're not. Well, what's going to happen? Oh, some federal government workers might not receive paychecks for a little while, even though the government will still owe them money. And we're not going to be paying off debts that The American people never agreed to in the first place. And we're only a result of this insurrection against the country that has already occurred. And the 14th amendment will ultimately take care of that for us. Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess I'm scared now that you said it might have national security consequences. I mean, that's the thing that you say to scare us always. So I'm scared. I'm scared. Such a scenario could sow chaos throughout the federal government. If the house is paralyzed, moreover, there's an optics problem for the U.S. to the rest of the world. Don't think that China, Russia and North Korea aren't tracking this closely. You see that? You say there's some national security consequences, and then you just mentioned the names of Russia and China and North Korea, and we are all supposed to run and hide. Ooh, an optics problem relative to these other countries. Can't the commander-in-chief Joe Biden... The guy in charge of the U.S. military take care of those problems. He's not able to deter Russia and China and North Korea on his own. It's going to take Congress being able to continue spending money on Ukraine for that. Ah, uh, Chad, your Fox News is showing, bro. What are you talking about? Chaos throughout the federal government. If the House is paralyzed, Congress has like a 9% rating with the American public. Nobody out there wants Congress to keep doing what Congress does, but that doesn't matter to these people because these people are want be elites and you can only rise enough to become an elite by serving the regime establishment. And that's what all these people have been doing throughout their entire lives. And if you take that away from them, then they have nothing else. They must continue to serve as subjects no matter what the other 90% of the American people think. If the American people hate Congress, well, that doesn't matter. Congress is there because the American people can't think for themselves. Americans, we are told constantly, are too dumb to understand any of this. And who has left them that way? Well, I suppose the education system and the cultural values that have been handed on down to us by the same systems of authority that these very people support. Isn't that strange? All the means by which the people would educate and inform themselves are telling the people that they ended up too dumb somehow. Well, how did that happen? But let's finish out with Chad over here from Fox News. Moreover, the lack of a speaker for an extended period of time means could rattle the markets. I don't even know what he means anymore. I guess that the markets could be rattled by this instability or uncertainty. There could be financial fallout, Chad says. The Dow dropped more than 500 points at one point today, partly because of the pandemonium over the speaker. Well, did it go back up? Are we okay? Or is everything falling apart? I mean, this was uh, from late last night. So is the world like Ending because of the stock market? Or is that just the EBS signal going off everywhere? But back to Chad. There could be other economic consequences too. Representative Patrick McHenry is now the Speaker pro tempore. The House engineered this position after 9 11 for continuity of government. McCarthy is not truly the Speaker. And he means McHenry here, but you know, Fox News but he will kind of run the house until it gets a speaker. He will also preside over the speaker votes next week. However, since McHenry is not the speaker, he is not in the line of succession to the presidency. So the speaker is now a vacant position. Patrick McHenry is going to act as speaker without being a speaker. And it is very interesting that McHenry was mentioned right after Chad at Fox News said that there could be other economic consequences, too. Now, my good buddies and fellow members of Badlands, G Money and Patriots in Progress pointed out yesterday that Patrick McHenry does, in fact, seem to be a supporter of Bitcoin technology and has been for years. And so the Badlands crew did a little bit of digging last night on McHenry, just some casual digging. It's called We Do a Little Digging. Just Human and Patel Patriot love to do a little digging, so they did a little digging. And it was discovered that McHenry is from a very strong Trump district, more conservative, more dangerous from a Democrat point of view than McCarthy would be. Now, he didn't seem to be that figure yesterday when he announced the vacancy and took on his role. He slammed down the hammer, kind of missing. It looked very beta, very dorky. I made fun of him online. It is quite possible that I jumped the gun there and maybe McHenry is a fine American and a fine fellow. He did happen to miss with that hammer thing, though, and it looked really ridiculous. So if he's a good guy, you can't blame me. I just call him as I see him. And if I need to apologize later, I'm more than happy to do that. He may not only be a good guy. He may be a great guy, but he did look really dorky doing that hammer thing. You got to admit it. You just got to admit it. John Patel Patriot turned up an article from Yahoo Finance September 12th, 2019. Representative McHenry says Trump is publicly saying what everybody privately grumbles about. And this was an article about Trump going after the fed Trump back in May of 2018 began saying that Patrick McHenry has the greatest name in politics. February 28th, 2017 from North Carolina's citizen times. That's Patrick McHenry's home, North Carolina. McHenry wants more say for Trump On banking rules, a dust up between 10th District U.S. Representative Patrick McHenry and Janet Yellen, chair of the Federal Reserve System, may be an indication of what an America first banking regulation policy might mean. And some big banks might like it, while critics worry it will actually hurt the American economy. Oh, yes. Donald Trump always hurting the American economy. On January 26th, 2021, Patrick McHenry himself said on the platform, formerly known as Twitter, policymakers should be on the side of innovation and ingenuity, which are vital to American competitiveness. I hope others in the U S government join me and he hashtagged Bitcoin and linked to a URL McHenry.house.gov. Slash Bitcoin dot PDF. So it seems like just maybe Patrick McHenry might understand what all of this is really about. It's about removing the United States of America from the malicious control of the global central bankers and the reliance on their fiat currency, represented globally as the American dollar. And that's not the only reason to like McHenry, despite his weird hammer slam. This is the Daily Mail from this morning. Republicans take revenge on Democrats after McCarthy ousting. Another top member is kicked out of his office as the sign outside the speaker's office is taken down. House Republicans have begun their revenge against Democrats for helping oust Kevin McCarthy as speaker by kicking top members of that party out of the private offices of the Capitol. Consider the framing here. House Republicans taking revenge against Democrats. They have begun to go after Democrats rather than siding with Democrats to keep giving away American money. And all it took was getting rid of the speaker. Steny Hoyer, the former Democratic leader who is highly liked and respected in his party, lost his office in the Capitol on Wednesday morning, the morning after Republicans kicked Nancy Pelosi out of her digs. Nancy Pelosi was still in her office as Speaker Emerita. Democratic reps called the move petty. Speaker pro temp Patrick McHenry gave the orders shortly after he took over as Speaker. The majority party has all the power on Capitol Hill, controlling office space and meeting rooms. So Kevin McCarthy, the staunch conservative who has accomplished so much for conservatives left Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer in their offices, even while the Republicans had the majority, but they would never work with Democrats. That's Matt Gates. All signs of McCarthy's tenure were being removed on Wednesday the nameplate over the speaker's office, which read Kevin McCarthy was removed. McCarthy was the shortest serving speaker since 1875 and the only one in U S history to be voted out of leadership by fellow members. Pelosi blasted her eviction as a sharp departure from tradition. Traditionally, former speakers are given office space in the Capitol. Former Republican speaker, John Boehner has such office space. Oh, still John Boehner still has office space in the Capitol. Gosh, that's weird. Pelosi will retain her congressional office in the Cannon House office building, but office space in the House side of the Capitol is at a premium and it's a sign of power to have assigned space there. Office space doesn't matter to me, but it seems important to them, she said. Now that the new Republican leadership has settled this important matter, let's hope they get to work on what's truly important for the American people. I would imagine that the overwhelming majority of the American people is happy to see Nancy Pelosi out. If Kevin McCarthy and the establishment Republicans were actually so strong, why didn't they do these things for themselves? Nancy Pelosi was in charge of the Capitol on January 6th. She's one of the people responsible for turning down National Guard troops to protect that Capitol on January 6th. And while all of that was happening, she had her daughter in the Capitol filming a documentary and filming Nancy Pelosi pretending to be heroic on that day. It was bring your daughter to work day on the day of the very violent insurrection that Nancy Pelosi herself specifically, failed to protect the Capitol from. And of course, we know at this point of regime involvement throughout that entire process. Those were not violent Trump supporters attacking the Capitol, the citadel of our democracy and trying to overthrow the government or obstruct an official proceeding, which is not to say that no Trump supporter got involved in the violence and mayhem of that day. It is sad, but some certainly did. And when you do that sort of thing, you waive the privilege of being given the benefit of the doubt. But for the most part, the regime went after, pursued and arrested people who did not participate in mayhem in any way. People who walked through the Capitol, taking selfies, walking between the velvet ropes, upsetting no one. While people who were clearly involved in the problems and causing the problems have been for the most part left alone. So Pelosi and Hoyer, the corrupt ancient leaders of this Democrat party, the uniparty left in Congress, have been kicked on out of the Capitol building. It seems like there is a changing of the guard occurring, and all it took was removing Kevin McCarthy from the speakership. The changing of the guard is what the country demands. It seems like that's happening now. Why didn't it happen in January? Didn't we win those elections? Isn't McCarthy supposed to be very, very conservative? That is what they're telling us. But the Daily Mail also mentions this. McCarthy's ouster came after a rebellion from conservative Republicans. McCarthy blamed Pelosi for his ouster, saying she had pledged to support him if a motion was made to remove him. Wait, what? McCarthy says Pelosi had pledged to support him? If a motion was made to remove him? So, Kevin McCarthy had his members join with Democrats to commit the American people to a life of ongoing indentured servitude to the global regime, in part to fund their slave trade on the southern border while conducting a totally pointless war in Ukraine that they have lied to us about the entire time with assurances from Nancy Pelosi that Democrats would help keep. Kevin McCarthy in power. If there was a motion to vacate, was that part of the deal too? And a side deal with Biden? Now listen, who's, what are we going to take? We don't know, but we can look at the results. We can look at how these teams have aligned and how things have turned out. We can look at the reaction since then. And what has that reaction been? Well, we've been told that MAGA and Matt Gates are all siding with the Democrats. We're all siding with the Democrats, just like when we weren't supporting Ron at their great threat. Oh, if you don't support Ron, then you don't want to win. And if you don't want to win, you're really doing the work of Joe Biden. So if you don't support Ron DeSantis as he lies about election fraud and tries to help the regime remove Trump and MAGA from the political equation, you are helping the Democrats. That's what con Inc is telling us these people have been wrong about absolutely everything. First of all, these people and others who represent the same ideology have been in place in the Republican establishment for at least 40 years. And over that time, the country has been decimated. They have lost elections. They have allowed entire states to flip to blue which doesn't really matter in terms of elections because they just dictate the outcome of elections. But it does matter in terms of public perception and the public support for certain elements of the global regime's narrative, which is why they go through the entire process in the first place. The Republican establishment has not won. They have lost the proof that they have lost is that America has turned into a progressive dystopia. And they have profited and stayed in power, at least relatively, while all of that happened. That is the definition of losing. There is no other definition of losing that could possibly matter. And they are blaming Trump and MAGA for losing, pretending that they, in fact, are the real winners. And because of that, of course, they know that their ideology must remain in power or it is impossible for us to win. That is what we were told. If you don't support Ron, then you don't support winning. You are supporting Joe Biden. Well, wait a second. You guys are the ones who have allowed the global regime to implement this agenda as controlled opposition, the uniparty right in comparison to the uniparty left. That is you allowing this to happen. Your ideology that allows this to happen. Your ideology that allowed jobs to be offshored for China to rise. Your ideology That put us in the Middle East for decades, wasting trillions of dollars and countless thousands of lives to protect, for the most part, an opium trade and another corrupt regime proxy state in Afghanistan and Iran and North Korea and many other countries. All of those are being taken away as well. The regime is in full-fledged panic and has been for quite a long time. But that was the neocons. That was the conservative establishment. That was the uniparty right. That allowed all of that to happen. But we can't win. Only they can win. We have to support Ron or else we're supporting Joe Biden even while they allowed the entire global regime agenda to be implemented up to this point. How is it possible that we support Joe Biden while they support and allow the implementation of the entire global regime agenda? And not just that. How else do they support Joe Biden? Well, They call Joe Biden the legitimate president of the United States of America. Upon questioning, they will not admit that they believe Joe Biden received 81 million real legal American votes, but then they just act like subjects and pretend that that's okay, or pretend that through some legal magic or logical manipulation that the stolen election was somehow fairly stolen. Or that Donald Trump did not do enough to prevent it, again, as subjects, because they did absolutely nothing to prevent it. In fact, they made it harder for Trump to prevent it because they called Trump and all his supporters conspiracy theorists, just like they did the rest of the time. And they said, hey, well, the mail-in ballots implemented only because of COVID is fair. I mean, COVID is a very, very deadly pandemic. That's why we need masks and why it's irresponsible to argue about lockdowns or talk about hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin and everyone should get the vaccine dopes. They have supported the legitimacy of Joe Biden's presidency. And they're trying to suggest that we support Joe Biden. It doesn't make any sense at all. They're slow walking any accountability for the Biden family. Are they not? Now there may be other interpretations to that, but they're certainly not out there telling the American public The truth about Joe Biden, many of them are covering for Joe Biden and giving the media stories to write about them so that they can be elevated in the minds of Democrats. Ron DeSantis went on Bill Maher last week, suggesting that our elections have no problems whatsoever. Joe Biden is really the legitimate president. These people are quite literally the partners of Democrats, and they're trying to redefine us as helping Democrats do their dirty work. Well, Democrats for this entire time have called us the extreme far right, ultra MAGA extremists. Democrats say they hate us as much as the Republican establishment actually does. So who do these con ink morons think they are going to convince with this line that we are helping Democrats? Democrats don't think that. Democrats hate our guts. Democrats don't want our help and we don't want their help. There will be no compromise there. If some Democrats wake up and decide that they want to put America first, then maybe they can come be helpful, but we're not going to compromise any values. We're not going to make policy concessions to these people after what they have done. There is no MAGA working with Democrats doing the dirty work of Democrats. The idea itself is preposterous. Once again, the same thing is at play. Con Inc. is trying to pin something on MAGA that goes in direct violation to how both Democrats and Con Inc. have defined MAGA in the past. They can't all spend years calling us extreme far right and conspiracy theorists and then turn around and suggest that we are actually the leftists in the Republican Party. It does not make even the slightest amount of sense. It is utterly retarded. And if you think there's a chance that that might be true, then you are missing something critical about what's going on. Or maybe you just haven't thought any of this through or maybe you are committed to the uniparty right out of habit, and it's time to simply let that go. What's happening is not scary. What's happening is necessary. The future without this happening, that's scary because that future is the global regime agenda. The dystopia they have prepared for you, the one you fear, the one you believe these conservative quote unquote Republican establishment figures are going to protect you from you the lowly subject these are the people who are going to protect you that's going to happen through winning rigged elections that is not going to happen that's not going to happen that is preposterous and you can understand the reaction and the value of the reaction just by who's reacting it is all of the conning media it is fox news it is conservative establishment politicians and former politicians. It is lobbyists and it is corporatists. They are all having a complete and total meltdown. And because there's no other argument they can make, they're trying to pretend MAGA is siding with Democrats. The people melting down are the same people supporting Ron D. Santos. How is that possible? Well, it's possible because Ron D. DeSantis is, in fact, the candidate of the Uni party. If that is somehow some kayfabe operation and Ron is just taking one for the team right now, it doesn't make a damn bit of difference at this point. We can all agree to forgive Ron after the fact if somehow that truth emerges beyond a shadow of a doubt. It seems pretty unlikely right now. And for the amount of times I've been told that Ron DeSantis is actually one of the good guys, it's pretty amazing that everyone who supports Ron is also having an absolute complete and total meltdown about McCarthy. How does that work? And if you want to say that we are wrong in both cases, we're wrong about Ron and wrong about Kevin, then you better make some sort of argument about what else it is these people consistently get right because they haven't gotten any of it right. They didn't get COVID right. They didn't get the vaccines right. They didn't get masks or lockdowns right. They didn't get BLM and right. They were all very, very weak on it. They might've come out and said, oh, those leftists, they're going too far again, just like they always do being the controlled opposition that they are, but they didn't do anything real. They didn't do anything to stop the election manipulation. In fact, they supported it. They supported the results of that stolen election. They supported the very violent insurrection narrative. They supported Ukraine. They supported the vaccines, although were a little hesitant on the mandates, even though they said, get some shots in some arms. Ron DeSantis said that they wanted to stay in Afghanistan. These people haven't been right about anything. The supporters of Ron DeSantis are the same people melting down about Kevin McCarthy are the same people who did all of that. And we're supposed to say, oh no, they are probably right about Ron DeSantis and Kevin McCarthy. Maybe they made some honest mistakes on those other things, but there, they've got to be right about Ron DeSantis and Kevin McCarthy. I mean, Mark Levin is losing his mind. That must mean something, doesn't it? No, that doesn't mean anything. Who cares what Mark Levin thinks? He's one guy among other guys. It's information among other information. If you've loved Mark Levin your whole life, well, I hope that you were highly entertained. The reality is what it is now. Are you going to just trust him and side with him because the other people on television call him the great one? Oh, the great one. Oh, the great one has spoken. Mark Levin has spoken. Mark Levin supports Kevin McCarthy. Therefore, I must support Kevin McCarthy because I'm a smart person. I do what Mark Levin says. That makes sense no sense whatsoever. Who is forming beliefs that way? We do not need to be addicted to the television. We do not need to care what Mark Levin thinks or Sean Hannity thinks or Laura Ingram thinks. Steve Bannon calls Fox News TV for stupid people. He is exactly right. You don't have to take Mark Levin's word for it. You don't have to take any of these people's word for it. Look at the blaze. Look at the daily wire. Look at Town Hall and all of these other creepy, garbage, Con Inc. media outlets. I've been saying this now for years, and people have not believed me. They said I was being divisive. These people are on our side, they said. Really? In what way are they on our side? How is it that they're wrong about everything important? They're supporting Ron DeSantis while he pretends our elections are okay, they're supporting Kevin McCarthy. Regardless of the will of the people, what are these people right about? Oh, that's right. They know who has the wee wees and who has the hoo ha's, and they talk about it 24 hours a day. The Daily Wire, the country's greatest producers of trans content. Oh, yes. They're so right about that one issue. Nailed it. So hard. Wow. What an accomplishment. Figuring out who has penises and who has vaginas. Gosh. Who else could do that other than the experts over at the Daily Wire? But you see, the thing is, those problems exist because we have politicians implementing rules, because they convince us we are subjects and must obey the government. And then they even take it as far as our stolen elections. Hey, the government says your election wasn't stolen. You got to believe them. Otherwise, you're an extremist taking down our institutions. And of course, that's what they were bleeding about yesterday. I don't understand why anyone even wastes their time on these people anymore, but people will continue to pretending that these people are relaying conservative values, conservative principles. They have your best interest in mind, but they don't. They have the best interest of the uniparty regime in mind. That is why they get paid a million dollars a week to say the things that they're saying. The trans issue is a shiny object that they use to distract you, making you believe that, yes, these are real, true conservatives, allies of ours, while they hide the fact that our elections are stolen. If we had legitimate elections, we wouldn't have that trans problem. We wouldn't have most of these problems. Why don't they want to just fix the elections? Why do they care so little about the people's voice? Why do they care so little about the people's house and the fact that it does not represent the people? They don't care at all. There's got to be a reason for that. It could have something to do with the million dollars a week they're getting paid. Matt Gates spoke outside the Capitol yesterday. Here it is. To whose benefit? People have called you a narcissist. People say that is to your
3: benefit alone. Is it to the benefit of you and to Donald Trump? It's the benefit of this country that we have a better speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy couldn't keep his word. He made an agreement in January regarding the way Washington would work, and he violated that agreement. We are $33 trillion in debt. We are facing $2.2 trillion annual deficits. We face a de-dollarization globally that will crush Americans, working-class Americans. Kevin McCarthy is a feature of the swamp. He has risen to power by collecting special interest money and redistributing that money in exchange for favors. Uh, we are breaking the fever now, and we should elect a speaker who's better. So we-
0: the fever must be broken and there is no better time than now. We must move away from the central bank's fiat dollar system. That is going to happen with the people responsible for the problem out there as the face of the problem. People are confused about how Kevin McCarthy could be Trump's guy back in January and now be cast aside with the full approval of MAGA. Well, one, again, you might have to let go of the idea that MAGA is some cult that just obeys Trump's word. Trump didn't call for McCarthy's ouster. Trump supported him as speaker back in January, yet all of MAGA supports McCarthy's ouster. I guess we can't be cult members Or let's take it to the next level. We are cult members and we just think something else is going on there. Well, what would that other thing be? Well, that would be Trump put McCarthy in that place to be the face of this transition and bear the brunt of the downside of that because he is part of the corrupt political establishment that has made things like this in the first place. He put him there for a time. Kevin McCarthy potentially could have controlled his own future outcomes, he did not do the right thing. And now he has been removed and MAGA is happy about that. Donald Trump didn't tell MAGA to be happy about that. We just are. How does that work as cult members? I mean, a tiny portion of MAGA politicians just wrecked the conservative establishment on an untold scale in front of the entire nation. MAGA is celebrating. And what is the claim here? That somehow Democrats are going to get the best of this. This is ultimately going to work out well for them. Unless you are an election fraud denier, you can already see what MAGA has done to the Democrat Party. They're not strong. Everyone knows the elections are stolen. We don't have to pretend they're actually winning or actually supported by the American people. Only dumb people believe that. We're better than that. Does anyone think that Democrats are actually confident about any of this at this point? like they're going to get things done. Does anyone believe that these eight members of Congress are going to join with Democrats in passing Democrat legislation? No one believes that. No one can sell that claim to anyone. Con Inc. is selling this MAGA Democrat dirty work thing to each other, and they don't even believe it this narrative isn't spreading. It's being laughed at. It's being ratioed online. Only stupid people believe this stuff. Only people addicted to the central narrative believe this stuff. Only people who listen to the mainstream media believe this stuff. And by the way, Town Hall, The Blaze, The Daily Wire, Dave Rubin, these guys are the mainstream media. This is the regime propaganda media. They are well paid to lie to the American public, to keep people inside that informational bubble inside the central narrative. And people are still falling for it somehow. And they're ending up in continually wrong conclusions. And they don't stop. They just don't stop. These eight members of Congress will not be working to pass Democrat legislation. There will not be a Democrat Speaker of the House. Hakeem Jeffries is not going to be Speaker. Unless establishment Republicans join with Democrats to make him speaker. And that won't be these eight MAGA Republicans. That will be establishment Republicans. That will be the uniparty right helping out the uniparty left. There's no other way to make that happen. That's not going to work. What could happen is that the uniparty right could begin putting up candidates. Where do you think they'd start? Liz Cheney? Maybe. That would provide the uniparty right cover to vote for a speaker. And the warmongers among the uniparty left, and we can see now there are plenty of those, might vote to go along with Liz Cheney. She was on the January 6th committee. She hates Trump as much as anyone. They might love that opportunity. They might relish that opportunity. And oh, she would be so powerful then. We have to remember how much they talked about Liz Cheney potentially being the president someday. Liz Cheney, in her own defeat speech, talked about being president someday. She's nuts. But that would still require the uniparty right working with the uniparty left to get a speaker, Matt Gates said quite clearly on War Room today. They're not going to get a speaker without us. That is called leverage. What are these Republicans going to do? Out themselves as uniparty? Support a uniparty candidate? Support a Democrat for speaker? They're not. So these 8 people have all the leverage and they intend to use it. And considering there were only eight of them, everyone else who voted to maintain McCarthy's speakership must be immediately put in question. No matter how much you trusted them before, they have to be considered questionable at every moment when a big decision comes and they fall on the wrong side of it. That person needs to be questioned. Now, could they still be good people who had to take this difficult vote that may not really represent their underlying principles, but they did it for some reason that we don't know. Now they needed to keep a certain public perception to be able to do more things in the future. That's possible. We can at least remain open to that. We don't have to immediately see everyone who voted to maintain McCarthy's power as necessarily evil. They might not be. We will observe reality as it emerges and see where that leads us. It's not that difficult. But if you're not questioning people like Thomas Massey and Chip Roy by now, and you're not willing to question a Marjorie Taylor Greene or a Jim Jordan at this point, then you're not learning the lesson of this era. The lesson is not. Let's attach ourselves to characters who say the right thing, strangers who tell us on TV what we want to hear and then trust them? We don't trust them. Troy Nels tweeted yesterday Donald Trump for Speaker. Marjorie Taylor Greene said Donald Trump would be great as Speaker. Jim Jordan said the same thing. And then today he submitted a letter putting himself up as Speaker. Now, Donald Trump pinned a Presidential Medal of Freedom on Jim Jordan. I think most of us believe that Jim Jordan is a good, maybe great man. And Donald Trump says wonderful things about him constantly. All of those are very good things. I'm not telling you, you shouldn't like Jim Jordan. I like Jim Jordan. I hope Jim Jordan is a good guy but I am open to the possibility that he isn't the same way I was open to the possibility that Ron DeSantis isn't. And have been saying that since early 2021, when Ron DeSantis didn't seem to give a damn about the fact that our elections are stolen. He could have demanded a review of Florida elections and he didn't. He set up a state board that would review it and then report to him as if he's going to be in the governor's office forever. And we should just trust Ron DeSantis. The only proper review board for elections includes the people, not a governor's special select board. I would love all these people to be good and for the faith that we have invested in them to pay off in the end. I hope they are good, but I keep myself open to the possibility that they're not because I don't want to miss the eventuality that they might not be. How many times do we need to see infiltrations? How many times do we need to see people betray the movement in a variety of different ways to understand that that is something that happens even among people we think are good. We need to stop trusting strangers because they say nice things to us on television. I don't know who the next speaker will be. I don't care to support any particular individual for that role. If Matt Gates is nominated, I would support Matt Gates. I would think, yes, Matt Gates should be speaker. I've said on Twitter countless times Gates 2028, because I think that Matt Gates is probably the best guy to assume that mantle from Donald Trump. But I don't know that he wants to be speaker and speaker is not part of that other assessment, though it could be. If Matt Gates serves as speaker of the house for the next few years, that sets him up really well to run for president, especially if he is effective with Donald Trump there in his second, a.k.a. third term. And of course, we must address the possibility that Donald Trump will be speaker. And he answered questions about this this morning outside of his very fake trial. A lot of
2: people have been calling me about speaker. All I can say is we'll do whatever's best for the country and for the Republican would Party. Would you take and the job? My people. My you think say we have some great, great people. Would you take the job? A lot of people have asked me about it. And I'm focused. You know, we're leading. I don't know you. I'm sure you don't read too much in the papers. But we're leading by like 50 points for president. Now, my focus is totally on that if I can help them during the process, I would do it. But well, we have some great people in the Republican mm-hmm. Party that could do a great job as speaker. Well, what about? Marjorie I? Taylor Greene called you to be speaker yesterday. Did you see Yeah, I, I think she's a wonderful woman. Marjorie, a lot of other people are for that too. I'll do whatever it is to help, but my focus, my total focus, is being president and, quite honestly, making America great again. Because we are living in a country in decline. This is a country that's failing badly. We're not respected in the world. Interest rates are through the roof, taxes are through the roof. Inflation is horrible. What it's done to us is eating us alive. Energy is now over $5. I was at $1.87. It's over $5. What's happened to our country with Afghanistan, that horrible removal, the most embarrassing moment, I think, in our country's history. So, I'm running for president. I'm up by... 40 and 50 points and more in some cases. But whatever I can do to help with regard to Speaker is good. By the way, I'm also leading Biden by a lot. If I wasn't, I wouldn't have trials like this. Thank you very
0: much. So people are interpreting that as Trump saying that he is open to being Speaker. I do not interpret that that way. Trump said that he wants to help the Republican Party in any way he could. And if he is needed in the process, he would help them in the process. But he also said he's 100% focused on being president and he is up by more than 50 points in the polls. And that is true. He is absolutely dominating since the second debate, which we were told Ron won. Trump has still continued to go up and Ron has still continued to go down. Ron has not made a dent still. Opportunity after opportunity, all of them lost opportunities because Ron is a big fat zero who is on his way to being understood as a zero. But I don't see that as Donald Trump saying that he wants to be speaker or that he's considering it. Donald Trump knows better. People are trying to score points with MAGA by saying that Trump should be speaker, but we can mostly disregard that understand that as them trying to score points with MAGA. Maybe they mean it. Maybe they don't, but they want us to think that they do. Them saying that means nothing. Those words are hollow. Doesn't matter who they come from. Donald Trump very likely cannot be speaker and should not be speaker. Donald Trump as speaker is not going to prosecute the impeachment of Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. He's not going to rise to the presidency that way. This was the grand theory back at the beginning of 2023 after the new Congress was ushered in. I said throughout that entire period, I did not think that that was the solution. It is the same logic applied to the situation with Joe Biden being impeached. Joe Biden is not a legitimate president. Impeaching him doesn't make sense. Similarly, Donald Trump still seems to be the commander in chief of the U S military. It is clearly not Joe Biden. Donald Trump may well be president in other ways besides commander in chief as well. The likelihood of him then being speaker of the house is zero. We will not be told that that sort of thing may never be proven publicly in a way that people accept, but I think it's highly improbable that Trump becomes speaker. And I don't even want to see him become speaker. It would be entertaining, but there would be almost no other value in it. So what will happen? I guess that remains to be seen. For now, it will be Patrick McHenry. Kevin McCarthy had a little press conference last night as he left his office. He let the public know that he would not be running again for the speakership. The rumors, as soon as all this went down yesterday, were that the Republicans would just nominate McCarthy again as speaker. They would get enough establishment Republicans and find. Some uniparty left Democrats to join them and make Kevin McCarthy speaker again. That would be the Republicans begging the Democrats for help to make McCarthy speaker again, and then the Democrats would have leverage and be able to get concessions from those uniparty right establishment Republicans. And they would work with Democrats again to serve the need of the uniparty and the global regime, just as they did over the weekend. Isn't it crazy that in the middle, they get to blame us for something, despite everyone identifying us as the opposite thing. I talked about that parallel before same parallel with the vaccines, by the way, Uniparty right is trying to pin vaccine responsibility on Donald Trump and MAGA, except we have already been defined by the uniparty right and the uniparty left as being against the vaccine. Donald Trump against vaccine, Trump supporters against vaccine, all lumped into the same pile. They have created this bind for themselves, and now they are suffering underneath the weight of it. They can't redefine us as the opposite thing after spending so much time defining us in a certain way. It is never, ever going to work. It has a 0% possibility for success. We have seen this play out over and over and over and over and over again, and they still pretend that somehow it's going to work. And they still call us stupid while failing to get this to work. The level of stupidity and immorality and dishonesty and absolute retardation here is off the scales. How do they even think this is a possibility? And the truth is they are in an existential crisis. They are not making rational decisions and have not been for a long time. They are also utterly clueless about how they sound to normal Americans because they don't interact with any normal Americans. They have no idea what normal Americans believe. They instead believe that they, from their positions of power, can project onto Americans what Americans believe, and then Americans will just believe that about themselves because that's how it always used to work. Well, it doesn't work that way anymore, and no one believes them at all. In fact, they look like fools. Every time something like this happens, they look like bigger and bigger fools. And if you are still going down this path with them, You are subjecting yourself to a future where you look like a fool. What is happening cannot be stopped by your joining with the conservative establishment. It is not going to work. There is zero chance of that as well. You would know if you were paying attention to the right people rather than consuming trans content on the daily wire. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and Bit If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your The merch site is Cancel or Go Direct, shop.spreadshirt.com, slash cancel couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is KoFox.